Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Good evening. You are listening to Radio Islam at WCEV 1450 AM, Chicago, Illinois. And I am your host, Tariq El Amin. Radio Islam is a live call-in talk radio program airing every day from 6 to 7 p.m. Central. And we reach the world by streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. Now, you can also log on to www.radioislam.com to check out guest bios, programming, previous shows, articles, and much more. Now, if you haven't done so already, follow us on social media. Let's see, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all at the same handle, at Radio Islam USA. Would you like to chime in to tonight's discussion, make a point or ask a question? Call us at 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. You can also tweet us at Radio Islam USA. I think I said that already. It's Friday, so happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in to Radio Islam family. Juma Mubarak. That is Blessed Friday to you all. So I know a lot of us, you know, you made it through the week and you are trying to wind down, looking back over the week at what has taken place. So we're going to take a moment and we're going to look back at some of the events that made the news this week. First of which, something that's been in the news, well, for more than a week, it's been in the news since it hit more than a couple of weeks ago, the natural disasters. We're talking about Hurricane Harvey, Hurricane Irma, um, Jose, and how we see these things. Now, these are signs, you know, believing people, people of faith. We look at everything and we we attach a meaning to it. We think, what what is God trying to tell us? What is the law trying to tell us? What should we be getting from this? Now, if you're on social media, You've probably seen some different takes, some different uh, analysis of these hurricanes and the devastation that they brought. There are some people who are even saying that these are signs of God's anger or God's displeasure. So I would like to remind us that God is as we see him. I want to say that again. God is as we see him. And that even in disaster, we can find something beautiful. We can find some healing. So I might have mentioned this before, but the most beautiful things happen when we are forced to rely on each other. Because we continue to rise to the occasion. So from FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, to NGOs like the Red Cross, ICNA Relief, Islamic Relief USA, the Zakat Foundation, to the everyday people who simply see the need of other people and come to their aid. They literally are answering the prayers of those who are in distress. To the neighbors who has and shares with the neighbor who doesn't. Or the stranger who posts a message on Facebook announcing that he or she has food and water for five people or three people or two people in the hopes that their offer will reach those most in need. These disasters, they remind us of what, of what we are capable of. They remind us that we can be better than we were yesterday. 
So with each disaster that's brought upon us, God does something beautiful. He brings us together. And in these moments, we resemble the human family we were created to be. But, but when the disaster subsides, when we forget the lessons we learned during our trials, what happens? We're revisited with another cause for us to come together. So the question is, when will we learn the lesson in front of us? How many times will we have to be forced to come together? And I guess until we get it right. But I ask for us to think about it. To not see these things in terms of, of God being angry or being vengeful. But as also a mercy, allowing us to remember the best parts of ourselves, for us to express the best, the best that, that is in us. So that's my that's my my speech for the night. It's Friday. Blessed Friday. Hope everyone is feeling good. We've got we've got bean pie here. I don't know if you've had bean pie before, but those who have had bean pie, you know that it's you know, it's it's one of the best things that you can have. If you haven't had any, uh, send us a message. We'll, we'll, We'll tell you where you can get you some. Uh, But you can't have any of this that's here tonight. I'm sorry. Sorry. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. Remember, this is Radio Islam 1450 WCEV. We'll see you in a minute. People have all kinds of excuses for not saving energy. I didn't plug it in, I'll turn it off later. It's not my music. It's just one phone charger. So um, we don't have those Energy Star appliances. So that old window leaks. How much energy and money could the new ones really save? Maybe it's time to stop making excuses and start doing some simple things to save the energy and resources we can. Because a little here and a little there can add up to a lot later. And you just never know what people will need in the future. My name is Sarah. And I'm going to get started today. We can all help save more energy for tomorrow. What's your excuse? For more energy-saving tips that also save money, visit loseyourexcuse.gov parents. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy, the Ad Council, and the station. Hey, America, we need to have a little talk. I don't know if you've noticed, but we got a lot of food in this country. A lot of peaches, a lot of corn, a lot of apples, a lot of everything. We've got so much food that we can't even eat it all. So if we got all this extra food, how are 17 million kids in America struggling with hunger? I just don't get it. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to the hungry kids who need it. They can get you food even if you live in Idaho or Alaska or somewhere crazy like that. This isn't complicated. We got extra food and we've got hungry kids. Feeding America's done the math. Now it's your turn. Support Feeding America in your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. I know you got internet on your phone, so what are you waiting for? We can't do it without your help. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. 
Chicago. We reach the world by streaming live at RadioIslam.com. Scratch that, good people. We are streaming at www.wcev1450.com. We're still working out a few technical kinks with our stream on Radio Islam, so I don't want to send anybody to the wrong place. Don't want you to miss any of this glorious Friday conversation. But you can go there and check out previous shows, guest bios, upcoming events. There's quite a bit there. So we urge you to take advantage. So as you know, we are a live call-in talk show every night, 6 to 7 p.m. Central. If you'd like to get in the conversation tonight, give us a call, 312-750-1178, 312-750-1178. Follow and tweet us at Radio Islam USA. Now that I've gotten all that out of the way, we are going to get into the good stuff now. Guess who we have in studio with us tonight? I'm not even going to make you wait for it. I'm going to tell you. We have former Radio Islam host extraordinaire Olivia Richardson, guest hosting tonight. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Yes, this is great to have you. <laughs> great to see you sitting across from me. This is a surprise, too. Yeah, well, you know, a Friday surprise. It's even surprise, better. Surprise, surprise. Right? I'm glad this isn't a Monday, you know. Right. The rest of the week would have just, you know, just would have been, eh, yeah, just down, down, the, down, the, down the drain. So there's a lot going on in the news this week. Quite yeah. a bit of it has centered around our commander-in-chief, Donald Trump. So uh, where do we start? Let's look at... His administration, well, not just his administration, but his reaction to ES, ESPN sports anchor Jamel Hill. Right. Uh, she called him out. Um, she called him a, a white supremacist. Right. Uh, as well as questioning his his uh, qualifications, and uh, and he didn't take too kindly to that. So um, there, there's a lot of discussion now saying that you know, that he's being hypocritical in the light of how he conducted himself. Uh, well, just 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 looking at the the presidency, the of the uh, uh, the past pres- presidency of Barack Obama, yeah. his activities with the birther movement. You know, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, no, uh, I would I would actually have to say I wasn't even I didn't even get that far to the hypocritical part because I think I heard. <laughs> Um, that he was asking for her to be fired or an apology from ESPN or something like that. And you know, think about bringing hypocriticalness and like, yeah, that's, well, the whole entire time during Obama, just everything. So I, yeah, once again. <laughs> yeah, so most, most, most of you all know, because uh, we have a, a really uh, informed and educated audience, uh, most of you all know and recall the, the whole birther movement you know, where the former president's um, citizenship was called into question. You know, he was asserting that the president was, was not a citizen, that he was born in, in Kenya and, uh, and, you know, demanding that he 
that produces birth certificates. It's all fake, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, and this went on. I mean, it was relentless. It just, it, it, it persisted for eight years, you know. Exactly. And um, the funny thing is, and somebody mentioned this, uh, I can't remember what network it was on, um, but they mentioned, they said that nobody called for him to be fired from The Apprentice. You know, nobody called the network. Nobody took to the, um, you know, uh, stood up in front of the press briefing and said, you know, this, this guy is off his rocker. You right. know, what he said was hurtful. It was it was incendiary and it was wrong and he needs to. It's un-American because it's the president. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's, it's really interesting that uh, there's such a accepted double standard. You know, and this this is funny. So some some folks might not be aware because after a while, when stuff gets called into question so often, it's like, man, do I really have the time to to invest in continuing to fact check somebody? Uh, that was a that was a huge thing at first, right? You know, yeah, uh, trying to fact check them. But here are some facts. So, as a candidate for president. Donald Trump retweeted, retweeted bogus statistics, uh, massively exaggerating the rate at which blacks murder whites. So when he was asked about that move by then Fox News host Bill O'Reilly, Trump replied, Bill, I didn't tweet. I retweeted somebody that was supposedly an expert. Am I going to check every statistic? I get millions and millions of people. All it was is a retweet. It wasn't for me. Like, that's just one thing. Right. Um, then, like I said, we go back and look at as a publicity seeking reality star. Right. He's somebody he was always looking to be the focus of attention. Right. He led the uh, the birther campaign. Uh, and this was one of the most racist escapades uh, in this century. You know, I mean, we haven't we have not seen anything like that, uh, that did that was not coming from behind a hood. You know, and so now he's being labeled as a, um, you know, as a white supremacist. Right. And he finds that this is this is a surprise. Right. You know, I, I, I really I'm at a loss for words sometimes other than to say, are people watching the same news? Are we all are we listening to the same same speeches? You know, this is uh, it's problematic. It really is. And I think it says a whole lot about where we are right now. Well, I mean, what do you think? Do you think there will come a point where people are going to say, okay, you know what? He said enough, and I can't I can't defend him anymore. Do you see that point coming? So I don't know, because I, I just was, like, browsing through my Twitter, and apparently um, people are burning the Make American Great Again hats, um, who are supporters, because I guess he was like willing to work with Democrats on DACA or something like that. And so now they're mags. They're like, how dare you? You know, this is what we want you to do. So it seems like we might get close to, I think a lot of people are saying, I I hope a lot of people are saying like, this is kind of crazy. This is ridiculous. People who were saying it beforehand, but you still have a really hardcore base that's kind of angry and they're not going to take anything other than, you know, what yeah. he's setting out to do. Complete, complete loyalty. Yeah. Well, you know, that's funny because we've had some conversations this week. Uh, we've talked with two, well, a former political, um, not political, a former 
village trustee. Uh, and we talked with a candidate for a public office uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact. Cool. And one of the things that, that we've talked about in each situation was partisanship. You know, this, this idea that I have to be wed to a ideology, that I, I can't communicate with the other side. Um, right. And it's like, you know, if you're going to elect somebody, you're electing someone with the idea that something is actually going to get done. You know, and how do you get anything done if you're not willing to work with, you know, with the other the other party? Exactly. So you're electing a diplomat essentially in so many ways. And yeah. You can't really be a diplomat if you can't talk to the other side, if you can't even reason with them. So yeah, it's yeah. like the whole I think it's it it kind of speaks to this I think the persona that a lot of his base identifies with this uh uncompromising or almost bully. Yeah. You know, almost a, a bully who does not uh who does not negotiate even though this is also, you know, a a, a person who authored a book. Well, he had a ghostwriter. You know, he didn't write the book, but the art of the deal. You know, uh, but it's all based on. Well, a lot of it is, is embedded in um, in bully tactics. You know, but you can't engage in in government with that type of thinking. You right. Know, not not when you you know not when you have you know varied interest and. Uh, but it seems like his his base wants the bully. Right. You know. Exactly. So they're, they're, I, I, didn't, I hadn't seen that. You said they're burning. Yeah, they're burning I, hats, huh? I just like saw a picture of this hat f- like burning. Like what? What is this? And yeah, they're burning the hats because I guess they they want that bully. They want that guy who's no matter what just gonna immigrants out. You know all this stuff, and uh, they're mad. So it's like if he doesn't give them exactly that, so it's almost like he's like held to it now. You know, like it's like he has to give them that or else. You know, there's our support, but yeah. I well, don't know. <laughs> well, his his other his other uh, foray into the news this week has been about uh, the re- kind of the reigniting of the whole the Charlottesville, uh, right? His response, his initial response, which you know was a lot of a lot of people felt was you know inadequate. Uh, there were some people who you know, just in all fairness. Yeah. Uh, I, I realize that my views are my views, and they're not representative of everyone. Right. So there are some people, you know, there's a contingent of folks who felt that what he said was, you know, was was appropriate, that it was all right. But there were quite a few uh, who, you know, who said, "Come on, you know, you, you can't." There is no equivalent equivalency between those who were there to to march for hate and separation, and those who came there to oppose them. Yeah. You know. Uh, and any violence that came out about yeah. came from it. It was, you know, at its root, it was uh, it came from those who represented hate, and he he couldn't get on board with that, you know. So, but exactly. he's he's going back to that. But I also feel like just bringing it up again. It's not even it's not even how you address that situation. You can't start it off with just like, well, there are some people who are bad and there are people who are violent, like. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's adequate to really address what's going on in this nation and everything. So it's it's almost kind of like, I don't know, like if you want to move something forward, if you want to be, you know, a great 
healer or connector or something you can't just start like I, I just feel like it's not enough anymore like you want something but that's certainly mm. almost copping out maybe I don't I don't know I don't know <laughs> you know what I see a, uh, there's a skill set that is necessary when it comes to uh, comes to representing a diverse you know electorate a diverse uh, population and something you said which was uh, I think you just said uh, he doesn't know or um, so what that makes me think about is you have to know what people need. You have to know what their, what their narrative is, yeah. uh, what their sensitivities are. And it, it almost seems like he does not know. In particular, he doesn't know African-American people. He doesn't know black folks. You know, right. He doesn't know the things that, uh, that are sensitivities, you know, um, and that in itself, how can you effectively represent, how can you effectively champion um, people that, that you really don't know? You know, I just, and, and the answer is you can't. You, exactly. just, you just can't do it. You know? Exactly. So You can't do it. And then I would imagine, because you would say, well, there's other white presidents beforehand. How do they represent different minority communities and it's like well they had you know committees they had advisors and again they also didn't in a lot of ways too right um so yeah it's definitely a working skill set that i don't i don't know what the solution to that is at the moment well and you know what i'm going to say this and I, I don't think i've really said this before um i mean not necessarily on the radio right but I would, for the sake of the of the nation, right? I would actually hope that he would have done a, a good job, that he would have actually gotten office, and he would have turned out to be that it was it was an all, it was all an act, you know? Yeah. It was all an yeah. act, and then when he got in, that he was going to be this this maverick that was going to uh, that was go go around the the normal partisanship uh, and actually do something good for the country and, and really actually pull people, people together. But, you know, that was, that was the prayer. That was the dream. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, but my, my right brain said, no, you know, this, he's showing us who he is. And I think that's, that's unfortunately what we've seen. And I, but I think this is where belief comes in, right? As a, as a person of faith, as a Muslim, is that we believe that like some of the most ardent um, enemies of Islam, you know, it turned out to become some of his greatest champions, right? So it's not, I'm, I'm not saying it in a, in a religious sense, but in terms of we never know what, what can actually come, you know, from, uh, from, you know, from the situation that we're in. Right, you yeah, know. that's true. So, uh, so for, for in that regard, we know that, um, that God is, is over, uh, that he is over everything. Um, but we still, <laughs> you know, we still have to accept what we see uh, and deal with what people, you know, what they do. So yeah. um, to your point about uh, the minorities, re re representing minorities, how do you think we get to the point where we're not speaking in that kind of language? I mean, do you see a problem... When we say minority, I mean, what, what, do, what do you think of when you, when you think of minority? 
black and brown people and LGBTQ and different religious that are not Christian, right? I guess. Yes. Yes. And I think that's probably probably what most people would say. Yeah. Right. But what we're also talking about is there is a there is an ordering. Uh, there is a hierarchy that's that's presented subconsciously when we say minority. Right. Yeah. And it's in, and it's. And it almost, it speaks to minority interest, minority voice. It's a, it's a lesser voice. It's a lesser place. Um, because what we want to do, if we really want to uh, embrace and to, uh, to appreciate the perspectives of a diverse group, then I think we, we might want to rethink the use of that. You know, that language, it kind of pigeonholes us, in my opinion. No, actually, that actually that's actually a really great point because I think I was at a conference and they were kind of saying that like sometimes you the language almost pigeonholes you. That's a great word for it. Yeah. To seeing yourself and that you know these groups as strictly just that. So. So yeah. On that note, I think this is a great segue, but also a great time to take a quick break uh, to set you all up, uh, Radio Islam family. For introduction and to talk about Marvel's newest hero, which is a a, a a little Nigerian girl. Yes, I just saw this. I was super excited about this. <laughs> yes, it was in the Huffington Post. Um, so we're going to talk about what this, you know, what the what's the potential impact, you know, as we start to give voice to groups that we normally don't recognize that we normally don't hear from what's the potential impact so you are listening to wcev 1450 this is radio islam i'm your host tariq alamine joined in studio by olivia richardson and we're going to keep talking on this happy friday so uh, we'll see you after the break scared it's kind of like an elephant is on my chest i feel like i'm choking sometimes my parents have to take me to the hospital you know how to react to their asthma attacks here's how to prevent them call 1-866-NO-ATTACKS visit www.noattacks.org or call your doctor because even one attack is one too many i feel like a fish with no water brought to you by the epa and the ad council it's 6.42 p.m. Time for Steve Plato and his son Dylan to do the dishes. They talk about everything from the yuckiness of girls to the awesomeness of his soccer team. Sometimes they don't talk at all. Then, hey! the dreaded <laughs> splash fight. It's dad o'clock, and it's the best time of the day. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Hi, my name is Stanley, and I've been arrested for stealing shoes. I didn't really steal them, but I've been sent to Camp Green Lake anyway. The worst punishment a kid could get. And at Camp Green Lake, we dig holes. Lots of holes. I've only been here a short time, but I think the camp director is up to something. I'm Stanley Yelnats, and I'm covering more than dirt at Camp Green Lake. Explore new worlds. Read my story in the novel Holes by Lewis Sacker. For other great book ideas, visit your local library or log on to literacy.gov. 
Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Radio Islam, the nation's first daily live call-in talk radio show produced by Muslims for the mainstream market. Radio Islam, on the air since 2004 because of your generosity. Radio Islam salutes its most valuable asset, you, our listener. From our producers to our interns, we appreciate your support. Thank you. While they celebrate, they cry. They cry for their land. They cry for their homes. They cry for their dignity. Known as a Nekba, the catastrophe, the other side of 1948 Palestine is not forgotten. With me is Mahmoud Salah, who lived through the 1948 expulsion of millions of Palestinians whose entire villages and farmlands were grazed to oblivion. If you were to take me to your home and to the farm that you farmed back in Sara, what would we see? Right now? Right now. You can't find nothing from before. Everything is changed. No buildings? No building. It is nature like a forest and no graves at all. I tried to find my grandfather's grave. I didn't find it. It was level, destroyed, small stones, and something like that. If you were to briefly describe the Nakba, which your family had gone through and since then, what would you say? In 1948, they called war. It wasn't war. It is not a war. It is like push the people in their land by force, by cannons, by, by mortar, or hound, by machine gun, by all kinds of weapon. When I was 15 or 16 years old, it was the planes over our head bombing, and we were outside the village and the, and the level, and the, the edge of the mountains, you know, running toward the train station, you know, and uh, uh, seven armies of the Arab armies who was controlled by the British at that time, they promised us to go back in, in, in 15 or one month or two months back. And they told us, don't worry, put your arm down and we go to take care of you. And their leader was English. The human spirit is resilient and the flame of hope passes from generation to generation. It is my land. If I am not going there, my son go there. If not my son go there, my grandson. If no, my grand-grandson. Every story has two sides to be told. Radio Slam remembers Ennekba, the catastrophe, and honors the memory of yesterday and the hope for celebration 
of a peaceful tomorrow. Welcome back. You are listening to Radio Islam at WCEV 1450 AM Chicago. We reach the world by streaming live at www.wcev1450.com. And remember, you can always go to radioislam.com and check out our prior shows, guest bios, articles, and much more. Radio Islam is a live call-in talk show. We air every night from 6 to 7 p.m. Central. And if you'd like to join us in the conversation, give us a call at 312-750-1178. That's 312-750-1178. Follow and tweet us at Radio Islam USA. Oh, just a quick reminder. Today's broadcast, as is the case with all of our broadcasts, the following day, well, that's not true. Today's Friday. (laughs) So... Today's broadcast will be on SoundCloud Monday, Monday morning, God willing, inshallah. So, but generally Monday through Thursday, our broadcasts are up the following day on SoundCloud. So follow us there at Radio Islam. Um, When you listen, leave a comment. Let us know what portions uh, you find interesting. You can leave a question. You know, if we can get an answer for you, we will. Uh, But feel free to download and share. Okay, so... It's Friday. It is Friday. We are so happy to have you with us. Thanks for tuning in and spending this hour with us. Uh, As I mentioned before, in case you didn't hear, we have the wonderful Olivia Richardson in studio with us. (laughs) (laughs) And we were, we just got through mentioning something that is... Marvel! Yes, Marvel. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, see, I take take a while to just, you know, just kind of... Lay it out. <laughs> Let me just jump right into it. <laughs> yeah, uh, so comic books, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and this is cool because Marvel, they are uh and I just found out about this today. Uh you can see it for yourself if you go to uh Huffington Post. They ran a story about this uh, in Black Voices. Uh and the title of it was Watch Out Wonder Woman. Nigeria's Chibok Girls Inspire Marvel's New Superhero. Uh, Blessing in Disguise is the first Marvel story to be set in a real-life African country and feature a Nigerian superhero. Mm. So that is really uh, exciting. I'm going to go ahead and just give you just a little bit here. Okay, so it says, move over Captain America and watch out Wonder Woman. Here comes Ngozi, a teenage superheroine inspired by Nigeria's kidnapped Chibok girls who fights evil in Lagos, marking a new chapter in diversity for Marvel Comics. So Ngozi is the star of a new title, Blessing in Disguise, the first Marvel story to be set in a real-life African country, Nigeria's commercial capital, and feature a Nigerian superhero. So um, most people will remember the Chibo Girls as the, uh, as the uh, impetus for the Bring Our Girls Home uh, campaign, you right. know uh, the the uh, young ladies who were kidnapped by uh, Boko Haram. Um, I think this is exciting for a number of reasons, but I'm going to stop for a second because you couldn't contain yourself, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to ask you why are you, 
what, what excites you about this? Well, okay, so many reasons. Um, comic books and I guess at this point because it's taking off into the film industry as well. Mm-hmm. So we always have that longing question of diversity of um, what is that word that suddenly just escaped me? Um, representation. Okay. And so I think it's one of those mediums that is uh, just sort of more empowering to see. It's not even just being a superhero, but as like a theater major, as an art person, um, it's kind of getting to explore different thoughts, different feelings of life in different avenues that are fun and explorative and in ways that can almost be non-consequential, but will also allow you to understand the consequences um, So, to some degree. So for me, hearing this, it's like, A, new superhero, awesome, of different representation, and maybe perhaps um, we'll get to kind of see more of the nuances of just different countries, different lights, and their human side, um, you know, not just as like, kidnapped girls or um, just a little bit more into them Uh, and I think that's something that's really powerful because I think Marvel in general has been kind of dominating the field in terms of superheroes at the moment um, especially with their film franchise and it's uh, because they were tapping into it really well I was watching a speech with um, Willow Wilson Mm -hmm. and she was doing a TEDx speech about how during her research for Kamala Khan, which is the first Muslim superhero, they were looking into how uh, what millennials in particular want with you know their their superheroes, and one of them was just that millennials are kind of talking about going forward mm-hmm. in life. Like millennials are kind of hate the idea of hard work and perseverance just makes everything perfect. Um, we kind of acknowledge that life is hard and not difficult and that things are not dealt out fairly. Um, and so, therefore, we're more interested in what's going forward and how we can get through bad times as opposed to just looking for perfectly great times. How do we make happiness? How do we find ourselves through these bad times? So I'm kind of interested. Like, I'm wondering what their research is on this and, like, how they are necessarily going to present her. Mm-hmm. And, like, what they're going to do with her story. Like, how is that going to hash out? I'm actually I'm really excited for this one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to yell great. at you. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I deserved it. Um, you know, uh, I, I think I, I share some of that, that, that same excitement. And for, uh, for some other reasons as well. Because in terms of representation... The idea of storytelling, I mean, this is really very much, you know, the whole Marvel universe is very much like, uh, similar to, you know, Greek mythology. Yeah. You know, Uh, and when you look at uh, how society, uh, you know, how that kind of ranks within the pantheon of the idea of of, of religion, you know, it's very, you know, it's teaching values and, 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 and morals and uh, it gives a story of, of, of creation, idea of, of direction. You know, all these things come out of this, this idea of, uh, of mythology. And Marvel, you know, to me, it kind of it represents that same type of, uh, that same type of journey, the same type of vehicle. Yeah. More importantly, these are the stories of folks that are not normally told. And yeah. 
the idea of having your story told, especially a young, a young African woman, right? Not just being portrayed, uh, particularly because this being one of the, uh, you know, based on the uh, the Chibok girls, right? Um, you know, behind the whole, you know, bring our girls home. It's not, it's not a portrait of 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 a, of, of being a victim, right? But it's, you know, this is the hero. You know, she is the hero. You know, and they talk about it. You know, she's not she's not big. She's small. Um, but she's resilient, uh, and I still, you know, I still have to go through the whole thing and see how this develops. But yeah. to me, that's exciting because for for little girls that look like her all around the world, mm-hmm. to have somebody that they can look at and and see that this is a person who has agency. This is a person who is not cowed by odds. You know, yeah. they're not waiting for somebody to come save them. They're the one who's actually doing the saving. Yeah. You know, that's that's truly empowering. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I guess, I, and I'm not, I'm not surprised that it, that it's coming out of Marvel. You know, yeah, um, that's they've really been ahead of the curve uh, in in terms of that. You know, for the longest. So, yeah. Do we know like what her superpower is going to be? You know, let, let's let's see if we can uh, find out. Uh, let's see, Winning Rider. I think I see a kick in somebody, but. Uh, <laughs> And, like, do we know her age? And I'm like, now I'm like, my head's turning, like, who is she going to be? What's she going to look like? What's her? Yeah, how old is she? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that she's a, a teen. Okay. Yeah, I think she's a teen. But, I mean, when you think about what those, what those girls, you know, what they went through and the, uh, the international outrage, you know, that, was, that, that accompanied that. I mean, you know, we had... Former First Lady Michelle Obama, you yeah. know, um, holding up, you know, the sign, bring our girls home. Uh, we had, you know, all types of uh, celebrities and, and, and politicians and just activists that were lending their voice, you know, to, to that. Yeah. Um, so these these girls who had to, they underwent what would have been unimaginable for, you know, for, for a lot of of folks, you know, at the hands of uh, the Boko Haram group, which had been attributed with um, killing 20,000 people, you know, uh, and they say they uprooted at least 2 million, you know, over a eight-year campaign and are still at it, you know, so yeah, to have your heroine, your heroine come out of that, yeah, um, I just think that's, you know, that is just super, uh, that is, that is awesome. I can't, yeah, I was trying to see if I could find out exactly what her power is. But you know what? I'm going to encourage you, uh, our listeners, go to Huffington Post. Um, check it out. Uh, I will give you the the creator. The creator of it is uh, Ineti uh, Okarafor. Okarafor. Uh, she's a PhD. Ooh. Yeah, so you can actually, if you're on Twitter, she's at at n n e d i. So she is the the author, and uh, I know I, I, in what in the reading that I did, she did talk about the idea of wanting to give something that would resonate with uh, with little uh, black girls around the world, you know, for them to have somebody that was not, you know, waiting for somebody to come save them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that's just, you know. 
And then I also like it just that this idea, like, I know for the longest time it's like, well, black entertainment or stories about black characters in particular doesn't really sell. Mm. So it's kind of, to me, uh, Marvel did Luke Cage. They're doing Black Panther movie that's coming out. Um, just like two big ones. And so, and that's gaining a lot of um, excitement. A lot of people are really happy for it. A lot of people are really looking forward to it. Yeah. So it's kind of you know, or have like this idea that like, I guess black representation on screen, like it's interesting. And same thing with um, I forget, but yeah, like so. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but it's it it's something to look forward to. I guess kind of hopefully might help just break that. Uh, I guess sort of myths. I think sometimes like how you tell the story as well. Like I think with black characters, sometimes people do get in a rut with saying like the kind of like victim narrative, yeah. um, and it's. It's not like, and that's what I think I hate in general with politics. People are like, well, minorities, you know, they're always playing victim and stuff like that. And so it's kind of like, there's, I don't think there's not enough stories out there that really show how minorities are actually not being victims, that they're actually taking a lot of agency in their own lives. Right. So I'm really looking forward to this potentially, because I don't want to ruin it with my <laughs> own, like, enthusiasm. Yeah. But just seeing, like, if, the, you know, how they're going to play this out, like, and how they're going to show, like, her agency and maybe the people around her, their agency, too, and just kind of help break up that reoccurring idea that, like, minorities and brown people just don't take agency in their lives. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. And you know what I'll add to this? Um, <clears throat> it's important. One of the things I think that I'm sensitized to um, as an African-American, as a black man, as a Muslim, uh, is I am sensitized to the not just the absence of 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 my own voice or those who look like me in particular spaces, but what it does it sensitizes me to the absence of others' voices as well. Uh, so, and I, I recall this. I recall seeing a. Uh, I think it was. I, I don't remember exactly where he was, but it was a it was an Arab um, superhero, uh, and it was it was just an, it was in a comic book form. It, they you know hadn't talked about a movie or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But when I think about that, I think about how important it is for everybody, you know, for everybody to have a, a feeling of representation. Uh, and it's not something that I really thought about. I think I, I didn't really give it as much uh, attention, uh, mental, you know, uh, time as, as, as I have grown to now. But I think it's critical if we want to have a society that is really... Um, that's at peace, and you can't you can't be at peace when you have this this tension that's yeah. based off of I'm the only one who gets to tell a story, or I'm the only one whose story is worth telling. Um, so once again, you know, when you look at Marvel, uh, Black Panther, uh, when you look at um, uh, just you know you know like the history of uh, who was it, uh, Professor X and Magneto. Yeah. So, didn't know this. Yeah. I found this out, out maybe a couple of years ago that they were based off of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. So, you know, they were cool. representations, you know. Yeah. Um, but, of course, they were not, you know, they, were, they, weren't, they weren't black, but they represented, you know, ideologies. Yeah. So, I think just as important as it is for us to have um, a, a diversity... In, in, in the, the, the skin color or the, 
the cultures that are represented, it's, it's important to have diversity and ideology, you know, as well. Yeah. No, definitely. And that's actually one of the reasons why I really enjoyed watching uh, Luke Cage, which is on Netflix. Check it out. I'm not plugging for Marvel <laughs> at all. Plug. Shameless plug. Not plugging it for Marvel at all because okay. they don't need it. <laughs> I, w- I, want some, I want some of that advertising money. <laughs> um, but I, w- one thing I really enjoyed about it was seeing, like, this world of Harlem. And it's sort of like, especially in superhero um, movies or in general comics where, like, when they have New York, they don't really – it's like the superheroes are there and they're doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like the city quite needs them. Sure. You know, it's not like if the city doesn't have me, then what will they do? Right. It's like, no, they'll continue to live and things will go down a dark path or an okay path, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really do that in Luke Cage because it was sort of like Luke is needed, but he's not like, he's almost not central in mm-hmm. a weird way. Like he's very central. He's Again, he's edges Harlem in this way that doesn't, you know, um, keep it from destructing on itself and turning into like a Bob crime scene. But it was just kind of refreshing to see sort of like the sense of ownership, the sense of going forward. And yeah, I think the way it was done and then like the art in it. I think Marvel's been really hitting their art style, too, which yeah. is really important to like giving characters a sense of humanity to them Mm -hmm. so i'm again not giving marvel a thumbs up at all or anything (laughs) um but i think it's kind of interesting i think i think again it's kind of like the golden age of tv and film and comics and i think it's it's kind of cool to see what we can do especially now that we have i guess also the audience that are looking for it as well and you know i think this is it, this is also reflective of just the trend that advertisers are aware of the diversity that exists and that we're becoming a more and more diverse society, you know, every day. Uh, because you can see that looking at the commercials where, you know, you have more uh, uh, biracial or interracial uh, families that are represented, um, uh, you know, and, 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 and on down the line of diversity, you can look and see it within uh, advertising, which means that uh, it's... It, it only makes sense, you know, with uh, Wonder Woman finally, you know, you know, having that uh, female superhero, uh, and now with uh, was it Blessing in Disguise, uh, it takes it even, you know, it takes it even further. Black Panther, like you mentioned, Luke Cage. Uh, these are all, in particular, with Luke Cage. I'm going to say this real quick. What I love most about uh, that show was that you could not tell him from anybody else. You know, yeah. he's just a, a regular looking guy walking down the street with a hoodie on. Uh, and the subconscious effect of that is that the responsibility of the community, you know, it really it should fall. It, it falls on, on everybody, uh, not just the men, but it, it but there is. And it's probably a discussion for another time. But yeah, uh, <laughs> but there is a responsive responsibility that comes with uh, with with being a man as far as your community is concerned. Uh, that within the African American community in particular, um, that's something that we still grapple with to this day. So uh, that's what that inspired me, you know, uh, yeah. seeing that, and you know, I was happy to see it. I don't know, I don't know if they're bringing it back or. Um, I hope so. I think they, I think they, they should. merged it with the Defenders or something like that. No, I feel like they have to bring like a second. Like there's, you, they leave you at a cliffhanger, like what's going to happen, and you know, yeah. there's, there's got to be a second season two. Well. Uh, it has been great talking to you, Olivia. 
it's always great having you uh, having you in, and hopefully we'll, we'll see you again real soon. That you're not a stranger. Hold on, it's like the end of the hour. Yeah, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. As soon as we we hit Marvel, then the time I'm just sorry, politics, started flying. I feel really bad. I'm yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, folks, we thank you for tuning in to uh, 1450 or joining us on www.wcev1450 and spending this hour with us. We uh, pray that you have a great weekend. Uh, There's a lot going on here in Chicago for those who are local. There is a rally tomorrow to protest the the treatment, the atrocities, the genocide that's taking place uh, in Burma against the Rohingya, the indigenous folks uh, there. Uh, That's going to be at 2 p.m., at 2.30, I'm sorry, uh, two, at 2 p.m., yes, 2 p.m., at 2.30 South Dearborn uh, at Federal Plaza. So we look forward to seeing you, those of, who, those of you who are able to make it out. Uh, this show has been produced by you. You're the producers of this show. No, you didn't produce this. Uh, no. Uh, I guess I'll take the producer credit. Uh, we'll pass it around to everybody. Everybody has a little bit of credit in this uh, tonight. Uh, our engineer is Leonard at WCEV. Our engineer here on the board doing the, the job of 10 people, Ibrahim Bank. Um, executive producer, Abdul Malik Mujahid. I am your host, Tariq El Amin. Uh, before you go, you should know Radio Islam is now hiring interns. Just check us out. Uh, it's a great opportunity. And uh, remember that the words, the comments of the speakers or guests, are those of theirs and not reflective of the views of Sound Vision. So we urge you all, have a great night. I leave you as I greeted you. Assalamu alaikum. May the peace that only God can give be with you.